Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over the weekend's action in the Intermediate and Junior Football Championships. Um, final group stage game, it was it was the make or break time. And as always, Pavis Patrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celt, is with me to go through all the results and, and our predictions, somewhat terrible, some sometimes excellent. And Paul, in the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship, you got them pretty, pretty 100% right. So hats off to you. Maybe junior is your level. <laughs> I need to be a rub in there somewhere, you bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might as well start off. That's that's a hell of a six out of six in the junior. Um, oh, well, I was chasing, in fairness, so I had to go for some big calls. Yeah, and, and the big calls played up lovely for you, or, or you beat me on two of them, but we, we'll get through them. So we start off with um, Mahara against Swanland Bar. Finished 111 to Mahara, three goals and 12 to Swanland Bar. Closest game in, in a while um, for Mahara. So I suppose that, that may just turn into a little bit of a carrot for them to chase now over the winter. Yeah, I suppose. Uh... You know, I, I didn't see any improvement there in Mahara um, in their results up to that. So I think it probably says a little bit more about Swad. They're at a bit of a low ebb. And you do get dead rubbers at the bottom of junior. It, with the with the format we have at the minute, the dead rubbers are almost obsolete. But the one place you will get them is at the bottom of junior. Neither team was going through. So I wouldn't read too much into it either, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I agree. And again, this is something that, that can be rectified because those games, if there was a, a trapdoor there, you could have the option to, uh, you know, that, that, that every game becomes important. Um, but we'll see, we'll see that for the future. Um, second game then was Kill Shamrocks against Red Hills. You went for Kill. I went for Red Hills. Kill got the victory. 17 points to one goal and 11 I understand, though, Red Hills without uh, Packy Leddy, um, Torlock Mooney, I think, was injured, um, Alan Brady out injured, uh, Paul Martin or Sean Martin, one of the lads, was suspended from the week before. So very much an understrength Red Hills team is the excuse that I'm going with. Yeah, Red Hills were on the strength, but we can't take away from Kildallan. They They have been one Kill. of the success stories. Or from Kill, I mean, they've been one of the success stories. Like we were, we were talking about Kill as being one of the lowest ranked teams in it, and they had a good league, and uh, they've brought through some young lads. They've got Paul Corrigan in there, formerly playing with Swad. He's playing cornerback. They've got Sean Gaffney back in the mix there. Uh, Barry McManaman as well. He's still playing, even though he's refereeing and doing a good job for them. So they're they're solid Kill Kill, and I think regardless of what happens now, they'll be they'll fancy their chances in a local derby against Drum, but this has been a successful season for, for Kill. They've steadied things. So they're in a wee bit of a slide, 
Um, but there's steady mm-hmm. things there, and they bring the Brady back as well. He missed, I think he missed um, a time before it might have been in America or something like that. The full back, so they're not a bad team kill. No, well, finished fifth in the table, four points from the four games, two wins, two losses. Um, who done the damage for them? I think Rory Dunn got the goal for uh, Red Hills. Uh, no, Paul Martin got the goal for Red Hills, Four according right, to my notes. He got 1-7. Rory got two points. Cormac Bride's got a point. Conor McCaffrey got a point. Um, on the kill team, Sean Gaffney with five. Ben McIntyre with four. Uh, Aaron McIntyre came up from the backs and got two. Liam Gaffney got a point. Kevin Riley got two points. Uh, Darren McMenamin got a point. Lyle McCaffrey, I think I said him, he got a point. So, mm. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a great win that for Kill. Like Red Hills will be disappointed there. That's two years in a row now that Red Hills haven't got out of the group in junior. So, you know, we can safely say that this Red Hills are at the lowest ebb in the last twenty five years. I'd say, thinking just thinking back, like Red Hills went down to junior um, in the nineties and kind of had a couple of bad years, but but started to rise in junior for fairly sharply and took a few years but they were on the up and eventually got to a final and lost it and then won it and won, won the intermediate fairly quick and then we're doing well at senior so I think I think you'd have to go back to the mid-90s for Red Hills to be outside the, the top eight teams in junior two years in a row um, maybe even further back so just a bit of transition going on there with Red Hills Yeah, yeah the other team that that it could be said the exact same comment on is Drummley who fell to Den um, at the weekend in Terry Kyle Park. Drumley, right with then the whole way to the final quarter and then, then just put on the burners and, and, and Drumley faded away. It was a six-point win for then 119 to 16 points. But going into the final quarter, it, it was right there. I think Drumley might have even been up by a point going into the final quarter. Key and Bourne causing a huge amount of problems um, for the then full back line, along with Sean O'Kane and Tomas O'Keefe. I understand and uh but at the other end Sean Donahue again he's after putting in two or maybe three really good displays on the inside line and Ted relocated out to the center half forward position torn and more supplier with a very attacking half back line of with Sherry Brady and Connor O'Reilly um they seem to be finding their feet again then yeah, they went through that bit of a blip. Like their first game back after losing the junior was a was a good win. I think that was against Kill actually. Uh, that was a good win for them. And uh, then like they, they, they drew a bunch of Connacht, didn't learn anything from the game against Swad, but they are sort of they've played their way through this sticky bit of bit of form, I think. Like it was that sounded like a close game against Drummelie, but they they came up trumps at the end, probably maybe that bit fitter. Um mm. I don't know. I hadn't seen the game, and I'm just guessing because looking at the way the scores went, they, they, they tacked on one three at the end, and probably that all that training that they did, and even the extra game in the junior final is probably standing to them a wee bit as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Look, they're still right up there. Um, I don't know if they're if you'd still make them championship favourites. I think they were most people's favourites coming into, it, but they're not far, not far off it. No, no. Well, they finished third in the table with seven points, haven't dropped that single point to the yeah. draw against much of Connacht. So even if this is a dip for them, the dip isn't too far below the, the standard of winning the, the competition out. So, um, And then they are still without Mossy Core, Cavell Kyogen. Um, so, you know, bring them back in and, and it will strengthen their prospects of... of of lifting the Sean Lady this year. But uh, for, for Drummelie, while I think there was progress, like 
they did get a tough draw when you look at it. Going into the championship of the of the top four teams that finished in the in the championship, Drung, then Knockbride, Mount Nugent, Drumley got three of them in the draw. And like every team that they played, it was it was a they were above them, but they were competitive in all games. You know, they Knockbride was 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 close four points, I think. Um, then six points in the end, but it was closer than the scoreline looked. Shannon Gale's a point. Um, that's probably the one that got away from Drummond that to qualify for the quarterfinals, they should have been beating Shannon Gales. But Shannon Gales have proven they've got they've always got that quality. It it mightn't be obvious where it is, but it's always available to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nephron O'Donnell coming back, like Tom rarely pulled that rabbit out of the hat like he did before in the junior final when Aaron O'Hara came back. I remember yeah. talking to Tom at, uh, in the Kilmore a few days before that game and I said to him about Aaron O'Hara I says you'll have him back and he goes I'll tell you now I won't I says you will Tom I know you will he goes between you and me he goes I don't print this because I, I'd love to have him back he says we're not going to have him and I don't everything <laughs> and I, I like, could I don't everything yeah, yeah. I could but I couldn't get it I couldn't do it <laughs> landed the Brefty on the Sunday uh, one change to the Shanigales programme <laughs> Aaron O'Hara starts a wing back so he's always able to pull something out of the hat for championship and Nevin has yeah. been going well I think he had four points there yeah yeah we'll, we'll move on to to Shannon Gales then against Knockbride 15 points to Knockbride 11 points to Shannon Gales but Shannon Gales won't be that too disappointed over that Knockbride look like they're the form team them and Nugent obviously um, finished with four from four but four point defeat isn't the end of the world there for Shannon Gales I know, definitely not. Like it, it was a relatively close game, like uh, fifteen eleven, and it was in the third quarter that 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 um, not bright pulled away. Like there was very little in it up to that. It was, I think it was nine points apiece uh, with twenty minutes to go. So that tells you all you need to know there. Um, mm. But not bright just pulled away. So not bright are edging these games. Like they're not setting the world alight, which I like to see, to be honest. See, that was be wary of a team that's absolutely lighting it up in the championship because it's. It's a challenge to maintain that that level of form through a whole championship because it is a marathon in our in our format. You've got four games, then you're then you have another three, like when you get to the knockout stages, and that's not counting for maybe a replayed final or something like that. So, you know, you could end up playing eight games to win a championship, which would have been the case for Crushed all last year. And many of you play in the league, maybe you play ten in the league. So it is a marathon. It's not like the old days for three games that we need a championship. So it's all about mm. peaking. So I'd say that not bright are in a good place there at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, Shannon Gales too. Well, go given their league form, the fact that they've qualified for the quarterfinals for the Fisma Nugent, we'll be previewing that on the Diehards podcast later on in the week over on Patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan. But given their league form coming into this competition, the fact that they qualified for the quarterfinals, the fact that they are without Quivin uh, McGovern, um. Uh, amongst a, a lot of other players as well, um, uh, Walsh, Shane, is it? Wasn't him? No, um, name's gone blank. Yeah, Shane. Yeah, is it Shane? Yeah. So, like, they're they're missing quite a few from last year, even, and definitely a, a lot from the year before. They're they'll be quite happy with that. Like, that's it. I I I genuinely mean this, and and I I don't mean this in a in a bad way, but that that is a real success story of this junior championship that Shannon Gills. Um, make the quarterfinals. Yeah, but Shannon Gales are kind of unpredictable because you just don't know what players are going to be available. A lot of mm. fellas tend to go away and come back. Um, so, like the player we were talking about last year, the wing last week, the wing back, 
think we said he was a young player. Uh, was it um, Shane Dolan? Dolan. In actual, in actual fact, he's not. He's not that young, but he's a hell of a player. But uh, he hadn't been available for for a season or two there. So like they, they, they have had everyone. I mean, we're always saying it, and they, like they were so competitive in this game. They were actually eight five up, and Nobride got three points from from um, Ben Mulvey, Brendan Carroll, and Roy Donahue to square the game. Uh, after 40 minutes so that, that'll tell you like it was nine points each then they went in front um, through Brendan Carroll and Neville and Donald came back and leveled it so there's nothing in it but they came up, came up Trumps in the end but at that stage they had Philip Rogers on the field as well they came on and scored a point there's good players coming on there for an upright Sean Rogers come on Larry Maguire come on and got a point so the panel is good I, I would say they probably have the strongest panel in the competition because Liam Fay has broken into that team like he was too young last year I think and he's nailed down a starting jersey. So that's pushed someone good down to the bench because there was no bad players on it. So, um, yeah, not bright in, in, in good shape there. Definitely look like they're they're humming along nicely and 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 still have that little bit extra for improvement with the lads coming back from uh, DJ Cassidy and and Philip Rogers coming from abroad for the games each week, but as the weeks go on, those lads are going to get fitter. The the match practice is going to build up in the in the tank for them guys and and not are probably just delighted to it or humming through there sitting top of the table they'll be expected to beat muncher connacht but fully aware of the draw between muncher connacht and then that they can't take them for granted so i think they're, yeah. they're in a nice position at the minute not bright yeah yeah i know larry right he was at the Munch- one of the muncher connacht games i think it was where they drew with then um so on there and so he'd be wary of muncher connacht like Muncher Connacht are, are so hot and cold. When they're hot, they're they're red hot. Uh, but th- as I said last week, they can they can do it within games even, and they did it within games again at the weekend. They did indeed. Yeah. Well, let's let's go to that game. So Muncher Connacht against Kildallan, sixteen points um, to Muncher Connacht Kildallan, two goals in thirteen. This was a final quarter blitz by Kildallan, who just done enough to stay in the game. If I had told you before the game. Kildallan will lose Ryan O'Neill before half time and beat Muncher Connacht. And Muncher Connacht will bring on uh, Shane Hanley and he'll kick two monsters. You'd have said, there's no way. Those, like, who's going to score for uh, Kildallan if Ryan O'Neill is gone? The answer was simple. It was Ronan Fitzpatrick. Mm, brilliant. Unbelievable. He scored 1 6. Like, that's, that's a hell of a performance there. Talk about stepping up. Without yeah. your best foot, your best forward. I don't think that's offending anyone to say Ryan is their best player. Um, but like Kildallan are, are a new team this year, really, really impressive. Like they have a good solid spine to them. Like Fergal Donahue in there at full back is is solid. Shamey Partner back in the middle of the field is massive. Huge, I've seen they've, they've got fellas back, like they've got a panel as well. Um, Niall Cassidy coming on, like I've seen him playing very well in the past as well. So it's good to see it with Kildallan because as we said the last day, you know, they were they were at a bit of a crossroads, but they've turned the corner now to absolutely butcher the metaphor. And then Muncher Connacht, they brought on Sean Hendricks as well. So I hadn't seen his name this year. I, right. I think Kevin H- Hendricks might have been playing as well. I think um so I mean that's that's quality. That's real quality there. Like that's county underage players that are coming into that much Connacht team. So they're gonna be lying in wait ready for an ambush. They've won the last time they were in a quarter final, I think it was against Manuge in a couple of years ago when they won it. So they can win that game against Nupride and really throw that junior championship wide open. Um, but Kildallan will fancy their chances too. Like I suppose a lot will depend on Ryan O'Neill. I mean, did you see how bad his injury was? No, 
No, didn't didn't get to see it. Um, like it, it looked like he was picked up earlier on in the game. Um, from from what I hear, but then he played on until half time. So maybe it didn't fully go. Maybe he's 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 out now. One unreliable source from Kildallan told me, "Oh no, he's definitely out." But you can't trust the people from the West. Like you know, no, no. Tom Riley has proven anything that is that they're unreliable in their information that they provide <laughs> us. So I'm not trusting anybody from Kildallan. But he did say to me, "No, Ryan O'Neill is definitely out for this weekend." So uh, take that as 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 you wish. If Ryan O'Neill is out, obviously it it hampers their their prospects. But I think Shane Hanley coming back into this much or kind of team like. Again, you're better with height than than I am, but he's six foot four. Would he be three four something? Oh, jeez, he is. Uh, I'd say more. I'd say he's probably okay. a six. I'd say he's six five. He he's a huge tall fella. Like um, what, I, he what? he blows hot and cold as well. But I, I've I've seen him play some poor games, but I've seen him play some great games as well. Like he's, he's he literally is an athlete. We talk about athleticism. He he competes in athletics, hmm. uh, and like what a, what a help that is. And when you're six I, foot five, and he's and good he, feet as well. I was just going to say that because he came on, got got the first ball that he that he touched. I think it was out near the the, the right sideline, outside forty five, and 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 within a, a second had it over the bar, um, a, a monster of a kick. And then other side of the water break hit another one straight away. So um, to to have that option, to have that asset, to be able to come into the fold, like they still have John McCabe and and Stephen Shorten and Leslie that that are a big big help. So I. Like Muncher Connacht won't won't fear going in against McBride. But for me, Kildallan, I I was just so impressed with the couple of times I seen them with I could see the development, the coaching starting to really take a hold with these guys. And that they were they were understanding what they were being asked to do and they were gradually getting better. And even though the first day I seen them was against Kilishandra. And I was impressed with them, thought they could have got and possibly should have got something out of that game. Discipline let them down a wee bit. But then I seen them against Drummalee and they were missing a lot of the, the key personnel against Drummalee. And yet you could see that they were better at what they were trying to do in terms of kickouts, in terms of their defensive structure, all over the space of the three weeks in between those games or two weeks in between those games. So like I think Dahi Neary and, and, and the management there have to take huge credit because Kildallan know what they're about. They, they, I think over the last few years, Kildallan have had stronger teams, you know, stronger personnel available to them. But this group are working exceptionally hard. Like I was told James Henry at the weekend, that wing half back just typified exactly what Kildallan are about. Constant work rate, get in on breaks. Um, if you lose the ball, get back and work hard. If you win the ball, get up the field and support the forwards. And um, Kildallan, Kildallan making steady progress. And, and regardless of how it turns out in their quarterfinal against uh, Den, I think that, the, the, that Kildallan will, will be looking forward to 2022 when they can get everybody available again and, and, and see can they make another step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so then the final game I think we're down to was... Where am I going? Drung against uh, Mount Nugent. What a cracker of a game this was. Four goals and 13 to Mount Nugent. Three goals and 13 to Drung. Um, goal fest all around the place. It was... Uh, how do you describe this game? Helter-skelter, end-to-end. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I just literally, you could not take your eye off this game for five seconds because something was going to happen, whether it was a, a, a big hit or a, or, a, or a super point. It had it all. I thought this was a really entertaining game of football. I was just trying to pull my notes here um, back up, but it was... Like, when Nugent were 11 points up in this game and almost right. blew it, I think Drum got back to two coming yeah. to injury time, but when Nugent pulled away again. I like this man Eugene thing, Damon. I, I I'm start, I said a few weeks ago that they might be the best of the rest. I think they might be nearly as good as any of them in this competition. Like they're after winning four out of four, I think. Um, yeah. they've beaten everyone that's put in front of them. They're running up good scores. Now you'd be you'd be worried by the fact that that they conceded three twelve. Um now it does slightly come with the caveat that they they did run the bench. So going into the final quarter, they were leading four twelve to one ten. So 11, um, yeah, 11 points up at that stage. And then they made a couple of uh, substitutions. I think Adam Rehill went off. Um, I'm just trying to think who the rest of the substitutions were. Yeah, um, they, well, they brought on good players. I was looking at it. They brought on David Sheridan. Like, he's very experienced, very good, strong player. Ronan Carney has had loads of experience. Kevin Plunkett. I, I, but they've I got Ned and Adam Rehill, who are two key forwards. Hmm. Yeah, but like David, David Sheridan had been playing full forward in earlier games. Like I'd imagine he's the starter ordinarily. Mm. But there's 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 a good panel there. Like I think they they have come on. If John could get Tierney Riley back, I think he would transform their team. And I know he came on, so if he was ready to start in a quarter final, that would be huge for them because I think Caelan Riley's outstanding and Tierney's probably even better. Um, Niall right. Fitzpatrick a full, a full forward that's the second week in a row that he's got a goal like he had been playing centre back and think, I think he's a better option at full forward somebody because actually he, said to me where, where was Niall Fitzpatrick played I can't tell you he was he was definitely at full forward in some stages in the game but he was also definitely in around the full back line at other stages in the game so I, right. I, I well he definitely he, played the week before I saw him against Much Connacht and he played as an orthodox full forward that day okay. but he tends like he's a Kind of defender or midfielder by trade. Yeah, he, I've seen him playing centre back at times. I saw against Maher actually played centre back. So like, there's a lot of quality in that drunk team too. Like, yeah. um, Paddy Mackenzie is always dangerous. Like, ah, he's he's full of skill, full of skill. And like, one so, four. Sometimes you say a really big player is a great thing to have, but a really small player can be just as as effective. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. when you're properly small, like Paddy McIntyre, TJ Fitzpatrick. Players like that, it's just hard to get a handle on them. Yeah, because they're so nippy, and like he's he's very very accurate. Uh, again, he's he's small, but he's he's full of football as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I tell you again, Noel Fitzpatrick deserves huge credit because Drung have made massive strides this year. Put Tiernan and Kaelon into that full forward line together, which they had at the, at the end of the game, and once the ball goes in there something's going to happen. It's going to be mm. a point or a goal or a free or a penalty or something because the two lads work so well. They find each other. There was one particular pass that Kaelon, after getting it from Declan McEntee, turned and all he had eyes for was where's Tiernan? And you're looking good. There's no ball on here for Tiernan. Like he, he can't get it to Tiernan. Somehow he played it like kind of between two Mount Nugent players' shoulders and it landed in Tiernan's hands and he was fouled. And, and, and I think the free was, was converted by Kaelon. But I, I, those two boys inside would make a huge difference. Now, the location of that game is going to be, be important. We'll get through to that. But on Mount Nugent, 
and I think you're hundred percent right that they they could be the surprise package outside of the the den knockbride duo that we thought was better than the rest. Um but I've been scarred by my Nugent. They're my Killigarry. I've been calling this for years and I'm 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 very scared to call these boys and say that they're they're going to gonna make the impact this year. Um, you know, I I do think they have the potential. Like Kieran Caffrey pops up at three points. I'll tell you who done very well for them was in the middle of the field, Robert McCabe. He's wearing the number 24, a big massive unit. But there was one particular score in the second half where uh Robert McCabe, um who was the other player, Kieran Caffrey and Adam Rehill, the three of them combined. So Rehill got a ball. He was he was back in his own half-back line or a little bit forward, or maybe the edge of the D, got a ball, soloed 40, maybe 50 yards up the field. But McCabe was busting a gut alongside him the whole way, which meant the defender couldn't just go straight to Rehill. So at the point then when the defender decided to give it to Rehill, McCabe was off his shoulder after running 40, 50 metres to keep up with Rehill. And then... Quick hands transferred out to the left to Kieran Caffrey, who had run 40 or 50 metres to keep up with the two boys and sailed it over the bar. It was as good a score as you'll see on a counter-attacking style. And I was saying to myself, that's the, that's the football I thought I'd see more of. And this is going way back to 2017 when, as Killing Care manager, I went up to Mount Nugent and, and, and they trounced us. They handed us our, our arses on, on, on a plate. But it came from like a really good workman-like display with a lot of skilled footballers. And then they added in Ned Brunton and Ben Brunton and they've got better since. So um, mm. in terms of potential, but potential and, 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 and finishing the job out are two different things. So well, they've a great opportunity now because there's a pathway there for them. They're, they're playing Shannon Gales in the quarterfinal, I think. Yeah. And if they win that, like then and not brighter teams, everyone wants to avoid 50-50 chance you avoid them and uh, you, you, the chances are they go in as favourites in a semi-final to get to a junior final so there's a great opportunity for there for them now Management there Barry Crow through a, a curve ball so Ned Brunton scored a goal was wearing number 11 but lined out as a wing back and it, it worked very very well and it also brought Ben Brunton up into the forward line who got two goals so the energy of the two Brunton boys is, is unquestionable but Ned Brunton's goal is something we have to talk about because he literally, I'm not sure who took the free, but it was outside 45. He was after being involved in a collision, was on the ground, got up. Um, the free was taken and he was right under the stand. Um, if you picture the stand in, in Balagna, he was right under the stand. He was kicking down to the right-hand side or shooting down to the right-hand side as we look. So the, the, the town side in Balagna got the ball outside the 45 and just went on a run, solo through three or four Drung players are around them rather than actually into the challenge and then got to 13 meter line and, and, and stuck it in the back of the net somehow. It was just a phenomenal goal by Ned Brunton. Good um, man, Ned. Brilliant. So, yeah, good, good win for, for uh, Mount Nugent, which meant then in the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship, as I said, you got six out of six. One hell of a, a result for you. Finally got a clean sweep. I got four out of six Red Hills. And Muncher Connacht letting me down, which means you're two ahead of me on the on the prediction stakes on this week, and we only have the intermediate to go. So let's jump into the intermediate. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community 
in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. If you want live free commentary of the Kiernan Service Station Senior Football Championship, McAvoy Super Value Intermediate Football Championship and the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship, We Are Calvin is the place to go. Uh, the McAvoy's Super Value Intermediate uh, Championship results again. Round four, it was all on Sunday afternoon. We start off with Drumlane against Bally Hayes, as predicted by both of us. Bally Hayes got the better of Trimlane. One goal in 10 to eight points. What did you hear about this one? I was at this one, actually. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a forgettable enough sort of a game, to be honest. Like a lot of the games that were played on Sunday afternoon was played in very tough conditions out in Lacken. And I have to say another point as well. I've covered a good few games in Lacken, but uh, I hadn't, hadn't been at the stand side in the last couple of years in Lacken because they always went to the other side. And just walking around to the stand side, and then at the back of the of the clubhouse there, they've done a lovely job and like it's, it's mm. fabulous, really is really really well finished off. The place is absolutely spotless. A lovely signage up around there as well. Uh, uh, just thought, thought I'd mention that. But the, were the, the were, condition were, were the lines crooked on the field. I was no. I, I, I was slagging Jimmy Galligan that he must have had a few points now when he was doing the lines because we played a Masters game there the week before last and the lines weren't straight. Now he he blamed. Uh, Maybe it was you. Family. Maybe it was you that had the few points. <laughs> I definitely wasn't lining it out though. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but uh, no, I agree. I'm only I'm only slagging Jimmy, but uh, oh, a lovely club facility in Paris. Um, yeah, like Jermaine have had a big injury crisis, as we know, but they actually had a mm. lot of those fellas back. Um, so like they, they probably finished the game with close enough to their strongest team. Like John O'Dowd started at fullback. Gary Tubman started. He had missed the game earlier on. Um. Dan O'Dowd and Ryan Connolly come on at half time. So like they probably finished with with almost their, their full strength team. So I was a bit well, disappointed with Jermaine. Monaghan, Key and Monaghan. Or sorry, yeah. they're missing the two Monaghan. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Um but I was big like big losses, but I was disappointed with Jermaine. I thought there was there was enough there, uh that enough quality there probably to do better. Now conditions were difficult. Uh Bally has got an early three point lead. Kevin Tierney with two of the points. I think Martin Connolly got one of them. That was kind of it then. It was 5-2 at halftime. So they held their, their three-point lead. Michael Owens got a good point for, for Jermaine. McGorn, Darrell got a, got a good free. But Bally Hayes always seemed to have another gear, I thought. Um, David Brady got a good point just before halftime where he just raced along the end line and fisted over. Uh, Colin McCarron made a great catch at the start of the second half and injured himself in the process. Um, so the, the, But Bally Hayes have the quality to be on. Like Shane McCarron came on. He ended up getting a goal. Uh, uh, when Jermaine brought on Dan O'Dowd and Ryan Connolly, it did improve them. Uh, they both got, got into the fray and it definitely improved them. But I never felt at any stage that they were going to win the game. Um, Connolly kicked a few nice frees. He kicked a 45 and Michael Brady kicked a 45 as well, which was which is no easy thing to do in those conditions. But Jermaine needed a goal and they never really looked like like threatening um, the goal. Stephen Kane was actually playing the goals for Ballyhill, so they must be rotating their keepers because Nia Costa had done well. Um, 
Brian O'Rourke came on and got a point, and Gary Tubman got the last point. So, look, it was it was just a low key match, played in tough conditions. No point talking too much about it. Um, Jermaine probably they probably thought well, look, it's looking like a relegation playoff for us. So, I'd imagine that they were kind of keeping something back. Uh, it's a pity it hadn't turned out to be Baltorbert against Jermaine in the relegation playoff because that would be one day that you would you would definitely want to bring your gum shield. That would be a real feisty one. But, uh, yeah. That's injuries and a tough draw as well. Like they've they've they had a tough draw to remain in this competition and that didn't help. So a bit of a perfect storm for them has left them in a relegation playoff. And we thought they were going to be probably I thought they were going to really really go close to winning it, but it's not going to be for this year. Anyway. So the big thing for them would be to stay up. Yeah, yeah, definitely It'd be vital and it won't be easy. But we'll we'll go through that later on in the week when we're doing our weekend preview. Uh, second game then was Kilishandra against Killing Care. We both went for killing care on this one and we're wrong. Three goals in eight to Kilishandra, one goal in ten to killing care. Kilishandra then finished the group stages with three wins from the four games. Now, after the first game against Arva, you'd have been hell bent to find that or, or find anyone who would predict Kilishandra will win the remaining three games. But that that's a phenomenal turnaround for Kilishandra and still without the services of Paddy King, Dara Tai, I, I understand. Yeah, well, Paddy came on, uh, uh, Conor McGarity came on as well. Oh. Owen Brady seemed to have a great game. He scored one, three, uh, Shane Riley with two frees, Dara Riley, who I mentioned played very well the week before. He, um, he got one, one. So Kilishandra are definitely better than we give them credit for. They're, they're experienced and they make good decisions they have been short on forwards for years. That was Kilishander's Achilles heel for, for many years that they just were missing a forward or two. And I think Owen Brady now in the last couple of years has given them that extra option there. Um, Killing care, Emma Fitzsimons only came on, so I'm presuming Emma was injured. Mm. But what's not talked about enough, really, and I talk about the Butters Bridge defence, the Killing care leak an awful lot of scores. And that's, I know they have injuries and everything else, but we can't be forever making excuses. Like, like they're after leaking three more goals there, and that's what that's what cost them that win. They, I think of I, I'm going to check that, but I think of the of the 16 teams that advanced in the intermediate and junior, they've got the worst defensive record. So I, I just checked that. Yeah, they've they've the worst in the intermediate by a good bit, by by a long way actually. They've conceded they're, they're against tally is 84, uh, yeah. which is there anyone else? There's nobody else even in the 70s. So like. No. You're right. That, it is. It is a long way off it. Uh, yeah, they're leaking. The they're leaking too worst. many scores. Yeah, but if the teams that went through, they're they're far and away the worst. And looking at the junior, Kildallan had had seventy seven. So there was and yeah. So Kildallan had seventy seven. The only one other team uh, out of the sixteen, even in the seventy. So Killingcare are far and away the leakiest defence. So that's the area that they're going to need to improve on if they're going to advance in the championship. Yeah, definitely. Emmett Vitsime has been out is, is is a massive loss. Kieran Sexton, I see, started at centre half forward for them um instead of Emmett Vitsime is completely different styles of player though. Um mm. Kieran, you know, real good runner of the ball. Um you know, not not a prolific scorer, capable of scoring, but not a prolific scorer. Did Peter McCabe play? Yeah, Peter McCabe got played and got a goal. Um yeah, it was a, a lot of, of the main men. Mark Farley was back there, full back, like, and he's a key man, as we know. Neil, Neil and Liam McCabe and Kevin McCabe were playing. Jason McMahon was playing. So I think we, can, we can't really use an excuse that Killing Care were missing players. Um, they just 
to leak those goals and Kilishander have a bit of momentum behind them now. Kilishander going in against Cornerfane and they won't fear that one bit. That's a local derby. And you could see Kilishander in a, in a semi-final, possibly. And after that, anything can happen. So Kilishander could be a massive surprise packet in this competition yet. Could be. To, I did not see Kilishandra going to the large stages, which just goes to show. No, no. We we will have to go through our intermediate um, predictions now that we, we, we've come down to the last eight and, and our rankings, our power rankings will have to be reviewed after this weekend's action um, in the senior championship because once we've our top eight organised in, in all three divisions, we, we, we definitely have to reassess the situations. Um, so Drumgoon then against Templeport. This was the upset of the weekend, really, because Templeport just needed to avoid defeat to get into the quarterfinals. Um, and Drumgoon pipping them with a one-point win, nine points to eight. Like, absolutely massive result for Drumgoon because what it done was it put them above Templeport first and foremost, but it put them into that perfect, the middle bracket where you don't have to worry about relegation. And, and this is one where they really pulled it out of the fire. Lesser teams would actually have thrown in the towel and prepared themselves for, for the relegation playoff. Drumgoon came out, fought hard and got the win. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I think that's the upside of the weekend, to be honest. Now, I think I was rating Templeport very highly, um, maybe too highly, but I, I fully expected them to win that game. That's a setback for Templeport now because their good work in the previous couple of rounds is undone by that because I thought they were going to be dangerous because I have a feeling there's going to be a surprise package somewhere in this intermediate and I thought it might be them but I think as far as I know John Gruen deserved it they had two players up front Keith Fannin and Paddy McCabe who played on the All-Ireland Junior winning team 20 years ago that beat Ben Mullet in the final so there's no shortage of experience there that Mick McDonald as well that the two minors were excellent at the back Caelan Jackson was very good as well Paddy Smith um, Dean Carroll got three points Fannin got five Low scoring game on the Templeport team, Connor Gallagher got stepped up. He got six points, three of those coming from play. Owen Doona got two frees. Dylan Raythorn came on at halftime and got a point. Uh, but Owen McCaffrey and Liam Galligan didn't score on the day. So I don't know, maybe Tungoon adapted better to the conditions. Just one of those games, low scoring, 4 2 at halftime. Um, mm-hmm. they, they got back level, I think, at 7 all, and Tungoon come up with the two points at the end. Uh, one was. Uh, Aegon Farrell won a good ball of full forward, gave it to Fannin. He knocked it over with the left boot. You can visualize that one, Damien. Mm. And uh, the other was where Mick McDonald won it and gave it to Caelan Jackson, who put it over. So Templeport had the last score with a free from Owen Doonan. But well done, Jim Goon. That's a, that's a mighty win for Jim Goon because they had been knocking on the door. They were competitive in all their games. So they didn't throw the towel in. That's right. Like you look at it, they finished with, with three points, one draw, two losses, one victory but their scoring difference is a minus five, you know, over mm. four games that, that shows real competitiveness. Like yeah. They're not too far away. And I, and I do understand that they, they were hit with a lot of injuries in terms of the panel depth that it, it limited their training. It limited them through the league as well. So Stephen McGovern and Paddy Shane and their, you know, year one, they look at that as the, as the, as the base level and try to bring it up for, for year two, I'd imagine. But, the mm. fact that they didn't end up in the relegation playoff. And you look at the teams that were below them, Arva, Drumlane, Coothill, Beltorbet. Now, I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I had all four of those teams above them in the in the power rankings. And now they've proven that they, they're, they're, they're above them on, on the table. So 
that's that's a bit of a success story to finish off with for for Drumgood. For Temple Porto to delve into it slightly, Paul, you can't trust them. Unfortunately, they put in a super display against Den, and then were very poor in the opening round of the championship against Cornafin. Then a really good display against Kuhollands, picking up a draw and a good display in the next game against who did they beat? Mine's about your right. about your boys, Butler's Bridge. Uh, Butler's Bridge. And then they lose to Drum Goon again, they would have been expected to win. Uh, I, I think so, you're being harsh. As underdogs, harsh. as underdogs, they seem to be able to they they, they can take that role well. Yeah, but to be favourites, they don't seem to take it. Yeah, I was talking to a Temple Port man, and he actually made that point as well. But I think it's I think it's harsh to say that you can't trust them because, like, you know, over the course of those five games, they had two great wins and a great draw, where they were given no chance against Cuhollands. They were given no chance against the Bridge. They were big underdogs against Den. They, they had a nightmare of a day against Cornerfina, right? And then to, to lose by one point there in very tough conditions. Against this Ragoon team that we've just been saying are very competitive at intermediate level now. So I don't think I wouldn't be writing their obituary just yet now. I think they're or it's a big set a big I'm not gonna say a big I did say a big setback. I don't think it mean a big setback. It's a big disappointment. But the the main thing is that they didn't end up in a relegation playoff because it would have mm-hmm. been an absolute disaster if they had a slip back Darren. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. I, I just I think Looking Don't you be criticizing my, my Temple Port boys. I'm 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 no, I'm, I'm trying to criticize you more than the Temple Port boys <laughs> and, and, and your judgment of them. But uh it's it, like they're a young team, they still are a young team. Like the, the the most experienced players on it are the minor team from I'm trying to think, like would it be 2012 or but oh, geez, no, it's actually four or it's 2014, was it the division one minor team? Like mm. they're they're 25, 26 years of age. So when when your most experienced players, your Liam Galligans and your Owen Martins, and these lads are, are that age and younger, then it, you're, you're going to have inconsistencies. But what they have is a lot of talent. And if they get the talent to perform consistently, they have a good side. They just got to push I, I, I wouldn't say they're much younger than a lot of teams, to be honest. Like, like what are we counting count as young? Are we counting a 24-year-old as a young footballer? Like I, I don't know about that. Like, you know, you take the likes of of Owen Martin and uh, Liam Gallagher and all those lads, they're probably well into their twenties now. Like, I don't think they're that young of a team. I think they're coming into their prime, in fact, that, that Temple Port team. Well, that's the point they're coming into. They're like I'm trying to think through the team. Who's the oldest member on it? Like, don't well, know. Well, that's it, probably Sean Dolan. Sean Dolan, yeah, which and he's late twenties. I know, I'm not sure what age he is, but I, I think he's a, he's a bit older than them. But like, the, I know Owen McCarthy's under twenty, but like you take Dylan Raythorn, like he played on that Cavan minor team in 2015. Connor you know, Galligan's under twenty. Um, yeah, you have a couple there, but and te- I don't think they're any younger than a lot of teams. Like yeah. Raythorn's probably 24 now, um, which is probably around the average for for Templeport. So I, I I wouldn't use that as an excuse for losing games or saying they're they're inconsistent. So compared to so why are they inconsistent? To, I don't think they are that inconsistent. I think over the course of five games, it's a small sample to judge them on. I think they had one really bad day out of five, which a lot of teams would be glad of that. That and they, had, they lost to Dragoon in torrential conditions by a point. I, I, I would forgive them that one. The, the corner fame one was was an absolute aberration, but they but showed Paul, enough. You thought that they were going to push the intermediate championship. 
I did, I did. But you think the bridge have a defence that could win a championship, David? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we'll we, we call it a draw. We'll call it a draw. So. <laughs> okay, moving on, because we'll run out of time here. Uh, could Hill against <coughs> Baileyborough, four goals in seven to Could Hill, Baileyborough, three goals in 12. Now, I didn't hear a whole lot from this game other than I was watching out for the result on Twitter. And at one stage, Baileyborough were like eight, nine points up well into the second half. And it turned out to be a one-point victory in the end. I think I'm right in saying uh, one or two-point victory. Two-point victory in the end for, for Baileyborough. So what happened? Yeah, well, could Hill were winning early on. Um, Mark Mullen got a goal, one, two to two points after eight minutes, everything going grand. Then um, Baileyborough took over. Uh, Lucas and Reese Clark, um, Michael argue with a goal, a very good goal seemingly, and that put a one seven to one three. And then they, they pulled away. Brendan argue who you picked out last week is in good form. Uh, he got a goal, and that suddenly seven minutes in the second half is two eleven to one four. Um, could Hill come back with a goal from John McCutcheon, who actually got two goals? What what a soldier! Uh, yeah. But Luke Gilson then hits the net at the other end. There's 11 points in it. Uh, Shane Sexton picked up a second yellow card with 20 minutes to go, and you think that's it. But but um, Jermaine or could Hill kept pushing and actually cut the gap right there, and, and they got one one at the very end. I think so. Probably flattered them a bit. Um, they got one one. I think deep in injury time, and that kind of okay. took the bad luck off it. So it turned maybe to a five or six point loss down to a two point loss. But look. Could Hill, we kind of knew the state of play for Could Hill before, before this game because they had lost three games. We know there's no point talking much about, about Could Hill at the minute, but Baileyborough are one of the stories of the championship. Like they have kicked on from last year. Mm. Last year they were in a semi. Whether they make a semi or not, they're a better team this year than last year. And I, I think that their main men are playing well, especially in the, in the front half of the field. The two argues, Reese Clark, Luke Gilson in particular, um, Jack McGuinness. Uh, who we picked out before came off the bench again like a quality youngster so looking good Aaron Reel the fellow you mentioned last week he got three points according to the report I'm looking at going back yeah so um, great great stuff from Baileyborough could they be the surprise packet I wonder because they definitely I was definitely very taken with them when I saw them against Bally Hayes yeah me too me so too. they could be they could be I think I, I think like I'm right in saying that, that the, the quarter final now is a replay of last year's semi final, Bellyborough Butler's Bridge. So, Bellyborough and the Bridge, yeah. So, so it, this is this is going to be my watering because the question, and I, I think I mentioned it on the Die Hards podcast, I was asking, have Bellyborough got better? The answer is yes, they definitely have. Now, the question is, has Butler's Bridge got better? And we'll find out after this weekend. But for Bellyborough, regardless of, of the result, they're, they're bringing through a lot of quality. They're after injecting four, three 17-year-olds into the team that have had an impact, that have improved the team. They're getting the best tune possible out of both argues and Reese Clark and Rory Farrell and Luke Gilson. And, and all of a sudden, there's consistency over a two-year period with this Baileyborough side that, thankfully, and we'll all love to see it, Baileyborough are on the rise. They're on the way back. And if they can continue working hard, training hard, you know, there, I think there will be success in this Bellyborough team at some stage. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, um, look, the bridge is going to be the acid test in the quarterfinal. It'll be the test of the bridge. 
uh, and even more so it's going to be a test of failure so it, like I think both teams are strongest in the forward sectors so that's going to be a high scoring game I'd imagine yeah yeah without a doubt Okay, moving on quickly. So we both went for Bailibor in that that game. Uh, by the way, we both went for Templeport against Drumgoon, which we got wrong, and Kildallan or Killing Care. We both went for over Killashandra. Um, next game then Cornerfin against Coo Hollands. It finished Coo Hollands nine points, Cornerfin six points. I went for Coo Hollands. You went for Cornerfin. Low scoring yeah. game here. Low scoring game again. The conditions come into play. Coo Hollands were the better team. Uh, according to to what I've been told about this game, um, a few good performances in the back in the backs for for Cullens in particular, uh, but probably you know the intensity was there. It was a good game, but I still think no matter how hard teams tried, there probably was in the back of their minds the safety net was there, like the, or whatever you want to call it. They they knew mm-hmm. that they're you know they both they both were unbeaten coming into the game uh, <clears throat> on the Cullens team. A lot of frees, a lot of free scored in general. Actually, I don't know who refereed that game. Just looking at the report, the conditions probably would would have mitigated against a lot of scores from play. But that top scorer was Jack Wharton with four four points, all frees. That says it all. Brian McGee was top scorer for Cullens with three frees. Um, Adam O'Reilly got two from play. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's an element of shadow boxing on that one. I'd imagine. I'd imagine so. Funny, I was just looking at Cornerfin's scoring difference so as in or not the difference but the scores that they've that they have uh, racked up over the game over the championship so 23 scores in the first game 419 they went down to 13 in the second game one goal in 12 they went to nine in the third game two goals in seven and they went to six in the fourth game so they can't go any lower corner fan now you, you have to book that trend because you're not going to win a quarter final if you go lower than six on the scoreboard you know it's yeah it's it's yeah, it's interesting because if a derby now and and you know sometimes when you shoot the lights out in the group stage, it's hard to maintain it. As I was saying, they've a derby now, mm. so they're going to have to get back up for that one in a big way. But I'm looking forward to seeing that game. Yeah, definitely. Final game then in the McAvoy Super Value Intermediate Football Championship at the weekend. It was Arva against Ballamacu in Mullahorn. It finished Arva two goals in eight, Ballamacu three goals in eight. In absolutely horrible conditions I you were in lacking it wasn't too far away it it literally was non-stop rain from the minute I landed in Mullahorn until well well into the second half so uh, thank god they had the new press facilities out there but this imagine Barmacue won the game as we said by a goal they didn't score until the 27th minute of the game their first score was Killian Smith's goal uh, a mark here in his shot came back off the crossbar. Killian Smith gathered it, stuck it in the back of the net. At that stage, though, Arva had been leading 1 4 to no score. The goal coming from Kevin Boucher. Really good work by Thomas Brady, fisting the ball across the goal. Boucher palmed into the back of the net. Peter Morris caused Dale, all sorts of problems there. I have never seen so many palm goals as I've seen in this championship. Yeah. Every, there's more palm goals than kick goals, genuinely. Every game you go to, there's, there's, if there's a couple of goals in it, at least one of them, or maybe both of them will be panned. Yeah, it's, you're right. it's a, re- a tactic that teams are really utilising there. Definitely. Keen O'Hara with a 45 as well was, was huge. But just before halftime then, so the goal by Killian Smith, two frees from Mark Kieran and, and then a point from Kevin Boucher. Left Arva with a three-point advantage at halftime. Then pretty much the, the third quarters when Ballamacue took control. A uh, point from Liam Buchanan, Killian Smith, Shane Tynan with an attacking mark. 
three scores in a row, brought it back to a draw game. Kevin Boucher fisted uh, Arvo one in front. Buchanan replied. Then Killian Smith with a goal. Shin uh, Tynan, 45, uh, dropping short. And, and Killian Smith just coming into the back post and sticking that into the back of the net as well. Uh, Peter Devine with a nice point. Hard working young cent- or full forward. Uh, Arva come back then with two points to make it a two-point game going into the, the injury time. But Mark Kieran with a free and James Smith with a breakaway goal. Um, himself and Connor Mulligan breaking up the field, made a 3 the one 8 and then a beautifully floated ball from a free by Kevin Boucher, deep in injury time, six minutes into injury time, I think. Um, he just floated in. Now, I think Peter Morris might have got a touch on it, but I couldn't confirm it. So Kevin Boucher will get it for the delivery um, of the ball, but it wasn't enough. And, and Adam McHugh came away deserving winners. Um, and they they go into the quarter final unconvincingly, I suppose, more than anything. But for Arva now, obviously a massive relegation playoff. What that means, to Paul, because we ran out of time, is that you went for Balamiku there, I went for Balamiku there. But in the intermediate championship, you got three out of six, I got four out of six, which means overall in the week's predictions, I got eleven out of eighteen. You got 12 out of 18. I'm sorry, we've won more game because we forgot to do a prediction of Butler's Bridge and Biltorbet. How could I forget my beloved Butler's Bridge? Yeah, I think we'll have to come back to that one when we're doing the, the preview because we're out of time, Damien. But uh, yeah, Butler's Bridge just about got, got the edge on Biltorbet. So I think maybe we'll, we'll cover that one tomorrow. We will. Yeah, we'll get that in. Just to let everybody know, if you want to hear the remaining members or remaining people in our last man standing competition if you want to hear the Romar Energy team of the week or the Ultimate Heat Pads player of the week um, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin we'll have podcasts out tomorrow revealing all and doing our weekend preview as well Paul thanks a million for your time thanks Damon yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Calvin nice was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah! <laughs>